Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to Horror Bites on Savory the show where we highlight short indie horror games and the people who make them. I am on the trail of Killer, and he has a really fucked up idea of what a Katamari game is. Together, we are Neil Bolt and Jay Krieger. How goes it, Jay? Pretty good, man. It's, uh, you know, spooky season and there's a rainstorm outside and I got a pint of pumpkin beer, so no complaints. Oh, man, yeah, living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm abstaining until we, we do the second recording of this day. So. Um, yes, yeah, so... On this week's episode, as I said, Katamari with a fish and a relatively lengthy investigative horror from a Horror Bites favourite. These games, as ever, and in most cases, can be found on Itch.io. And if you play them and enjoy them, just please make sure you give a bit of love to them by supporting them in whatever way you can. Um, so first this week, Jay, you are bringing us fish to the table. But how has it been prepared Again, this is one of those uh, examples where just randomly stumbling upon something and then it is so, so perfectly in line with our kind of fucked up horror sensibilities. But this game is the last one and then another, which is a standalone expansion to another Ichio title that was released, I believe, a year, a year and a half ago by the same developer called How Fish is Made. And that developer is Casa Yurga. And it's best described as a Katamari Damasi homage. But instead of picking up food and everyday items to, you know, grow your uh, mass, if you will, uh, you play as a sardine that's picking up fish guts and other moist pieces of flesh, <laughs> uh, which is just, you know, wonderfully weird. And that's only the beginning of it because the game gets much weirder than that. Uh, so this game, you know, as I mentioned, it, it has that homage aspect to it. So from a gameplay standpoint, it's going to be you rolling around, picking up bits and pieces and interacting with sardines in this kind of like weird, fleshy industrial setting that I thought was akin to something like the Oddworld games with like mm. Abe's Odyssey and Abe's Exodus, kind of this big industrial complex or facility, but then there's just lots of weird little fleshy bits and bobs to it. And I would say probably here it's more surreal and just very bizarre, um, which kind of helps give this game this sort of unique absurdist energy, I think, which yes. I was really a fan of because there's a great deal of vagueness like in... Um, 
the first game, How Fish is Made, you're interacting with different fish and whatnot that you're coming across, and they keep kind of prompting this conversation about, are you going up or down? Mm. And that is one of the big decision makings in the first game that they never really explain anything to. So the player has to make these decisions with very little information. And the same is true in the last one and then another. Um, So you'll come across these sardines that basically are trying to convince you to consume them to your, you know, ever growing mass of fish guts and whatnot. And there's a wonderfully kind of disturbing animation every time you do. And so I suppose the only real objectives of gameplay is some light physics gameplay where you have to, you know, grow your mass to a certain degree. So that way you can either smash through doors that require a heavier base to, you know, open, or you just need to keep collecting things so you can then consume a nearby fish. Um, You know, it, again, has this kind of absurdist energy. So in one section, you're kind of exploring and it's just this massive room that is filled with like mouthwash bottles (laughs) or you're going through a corridor and there are these massive fleshy masses on the walls that have you know dozens of eyes on them and none of this is ever explained which that vagueness i think does a lot to kind of just create a world that doesn't necessarily explain itself but i think that based on the art style and whatnot um it's a world that you want to explore more of even if you don't know why um which is you know, in the short experience, it probably takes 10 or 15 minutes um, to craft a sense of atmosphere like that with, again, you know, some genuine, very strangeness. Um, yeah. I just love. And I, that's the type of thing that really connects with, um, I suppose, these games that don't have grandiose narratives, but their worlds are still just as interesting, even if I couldn't tell you anything about them for uh, for certain. And yeah, you know, the game also ends with a teaser for a new game that you can wishlist on Steam that's called Mouthwashing that, again, looks like a continuation of this world, but it has a very different perspective and gameplay Mm. focus on it, but it still has the same sense of humor, I think, from that brief trailer that's present in How Fish is Made and, of course, the the last one and then another. So I'm really curious how you found this one because I know that you're a big Katamari fan (laughs) and you're also a big fan of just bizarre horror. Yeah, I mean, could you take any more boxes? In a, yeah, like, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never imagined the idea of a, a horror Katamari, strangely, despite mm. my interests, which is um, <laughs> considering how weird Katamari is, it, it would make perfect bedfellow. And you know, this is definitely taking it in its own direction, let's put it that way. Um, yeah, and you know, for what is essentially a 10 to 15 minute advert for a game that's coming out, you know, it, it's great you know i like that about yeah. it it's like just the whole absurdity of the idea of it what's in it and what it's for it's just like this all round brilliant idea yeah you know, and, and as a katamari like it, it worked but i've never said katamari like my life christ that shows you how few of them there are so yeah, yeah but it, it's doing the job quite well yeah you know, which is difficult on a pc i must say if you don't you know with a mouse and keyboard sort of style especially but at the same time, you know, it felt familiar you know, to me. And it was nice to have this sort of cool horror sort of weirdness going on with it. Um, yeah, the ambiguity is also enticing about it. I think it, because I said it was before, you know, the fact that it is taking the Katamari mold is actually perfect for what it's going for because Katamari does have this just 
absurd sense of humor you know about what it's doing i mean this doesn't go quite that far in terms of like what you're picking up and how far you're going it's a bit more grounded but it shifts its weirdness into that other sense other way that um yeah makes for a really interesting sort of take on it i have to say so yeah i i'm all for horror katamari and i, and I hope you know if it's not gonna happen here then someone goes hey you can do that let's do that sort of thing yeah, and I definitely recommend um, for anybody that enjoys this to go back and check out how fish is made, um, if not only to experience a tongue-eating louse musical number. And I will <laughs> leave it at that because that was one of the highlights of my week and then getting to dive into this Katamari take on that concept um, kind of just took it further and it made me a big fan of developer Casa Urga, And uh, I'm highly, highly looking forward to mouthwashing as well. Excellent. Yeah, so is it a good one? Um, I almost feel sorry for it that it came up this week, to be fair, um, in this double bill, which is unfair on it, but, you know, because I think it's such a great time. But, but yeah, so we, we will get into our second pick after this and uh, break that we're about to have now. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, welcome back for this week's second pick. We return to the despair-inducingly young developer Geordie Boy, aka Jordan Lindgren. Uh, we've covered this teenage developer twice before on Horrorbytes, where his games The Shopping List and Broken Fruit. With his latest, The Final Pin, he delivers an hour-long tale of the crow killer. And aren't we lucky we've got to both survive and investigate them. It's set in 1981, and for years the crow killings have gone unsolved. You have been chasing this killer for 13 years at this point. And basically, you're supposedly closing in on him once again at this point. Now, from out the gate, Geordie Boy has shown great ambition, I think, from game to game. You know, we said it with the shopping list. We said it you know, with Broken Free. We said yeah, there was some sort of questions about how he went about it with Broken Free. And sometimes it didn't always work. But given how quickly, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it sort of went from that I still expect you know an upward trajectory in terms of progress and Stone the Crows here it is you know and here is that progress that I think 
what's smart about this is it's technically just taking a group of what we traditionally see as smaller horror bites and connecting them in a way that isn't like an anthology. It's telling an entire story by like piecing them together. I know many games are like that. You think of them down to that. It's like, here's a bit, here's a bit, here's a bit, and here's these little tunnels of things we'll connect them with. You know, like that. And that's fine. That, that's how it should work here sometimes. And, but you know, at this level, because we've seen so many of them, it's a little bit easier to see. But that isn't a thing that detracts from anything. You know, I think it's a really smart thing to do because it's you're able to craft a story in the way that this has and really drag it and draw it to where it needs to go, which is, you know, over an hour at this point with this one. And, you know, it's got some sort of small freedoms. You know, you do a little driving here, a bit of back and forth there. You know, stuff that, yeah, technically, like I think we said we're broken through, there's stuff that's padding in a sense. But I think most of it does quite well to sort of build atmosphere, get you, you know, in the pace and rhythm of the game as it goes. Now, you know, there's a little bit of detective work in this, you know, in terms of like coming back to the case and like finding these bodies and for having to find evidence in places. You know, it's voiced to the hilt. A lot of people, there's uh, a YouTuber I know, well called call me kevin who's in this as well which is like um i think this confirms how irish jordan must be so, <laughs> so, <'cause, laughs> so yeah another sort of worlds collide moment there but yeah it, it keeps opening up into interesting ways on a story level in where it goes structurally in the in terms of the gameplay yeah it's all very simple stuff but done really well in how it's connected together. You know, you come to each of these murder sites or picking up a body or whatever, and they're all in these different places that we've probably seen in different Horror Bites games, you know, in the past. But here, as this whole cohesive package and a story that genuinely ends up compelling as you go along. You know, it has twists and turns. And, you know, I think the ending of this game was just, Great. You know, I think it, it worked really well. Um, there's that slight offbeat immaturity you know, at the time, which you know, is not a criticism. I just think it works for this atmosphere that you get in Geordie Boy's games, where it doesn't, it feels surprisingly grown up at times and then, you know, very tellingly not. And I think that balance is beautiful. I think it just makes for such a, Fantastic. I mean, he made this when he was 16. Made it when he was 16. I mean, I, that still just blows my mind. I know obviously he's got help and friends and things like that, but to have gone to this level in just a few games is just nuts to me. Even you know, even if you can say, oh, look, well, it's just doing what all those XX games have done like that, but you know, this is like a full-length proper game, one sitting, sure, an hour. It's that next step isn't it? I think, you know, these 15 minute experiences, we say, oh, they're good. Uh, like you can generally, at, uh, being a proof concept, good idea for what a bigger project. Some games just feel perfect for 15 minutes. But yeah, this feels like someone's taken a 15 minute idea and made it into the next step. Because I, I mean, like even the plot of this, we've played a couple of games like it in that, in terms of like investigation and different locations and things like that. But yeah, I was just taken aback by just how big it feels. 
Yeah, like that. Well, yeah. Yeah, go on, yeah. I mean, that's my biggest takeaway, right, is that we're continually impressed with what Jordy Boy produces. But more than that, it's not that, you know, he had some success with his first game, very experimental with the second game, and then returns for the third game, and it doesn't feel quite just like a continuation of what worked in the past while, you know, filtering out what didn't work in that experimentation. Mm. You can feel the sort of scope of the project and just how much larger it is. So that way, when I sat down to play this, and I was telling you before the show, like I sat down, play this, play a couple of other things. And then this ended up taking a majority of my time. And I was Mm. pretty thankful for that now, you know, and having time to reflect on that because of the fact and kind of like what you were saying, that rather than being an itch.io developer or developer in general, right, that has a page that has half a dozen, maybe a dozen different mini games that all try something different. Jordy Boy has that sort of vision, it seems, when telling stories or when, you know, setting out to make a project that just has a much larger scope. And it's kind of like what you're saying with being mm. such a, a young dev to have that sort of, I suppose, the foresight to be like, OK, let's take these concepts and let's blend it into one package mm. in a way that, you know, is pretty rare, I would say, on you know a service like Itch.io or something like that. And when you look at a package like this, the final pin and the fact that, like you said, when we played the shopping list and when we played uh, Breaking Through, it was like, okay, there were a couple of instances that maybe felt like padding. Hmm. But in thinking back on my time with the final pin, you know, each one of those scenarios that at times might have felt like, oh, this is kind of padding or something like that. It's like, no, I'm viewing that now as yeah. this is somebody that's exploring their skill set and pushing their skill set further in this narrative that is all connected rather than publishing these sort of little games that maybe, you know, they might set out to do one thing with them. We're getting an experience that is filled with micro experiences throughout. Um, I think about a couple of moments that come to mind and it's not just from a gameplay standpoint, but sort of just a horror standpoint and understanding how to craft atmosphere, how to set a scene, right? That's Mm. something that we love with horror bites or these games that deliver these little almost scenes, right? From a Mm. movie or something. And with this, there's a lot more variety in how Jordy Boy does that. Like there's an instance where you're running through the sewers looking for a little girl that's gone missing with her dog. And in that, you know, there's very low light exposure in the sewer system. And the only Mm. way you can find the dog is by whistling. And then you're in this maze and you have to, you know, play it by ear, literally, Mm. to try to find (laughs) out the location of the dog. And little things like that, or there's a segment where you have to retrieve a body from underwater And you have to, you know, worry about your breathing so you don't pass out while trying to get to the depths of that and kind of in the back of your mind worrying there'll be a jump scare. But then you also have to unscrew the lids from like this coffin or something that's down there. And, you know, those are, again, these little scenes, but we're getting it in one package. It's showing that he's trying new things. And it's not just kind of a regurgitation of what has worked previously. It's, you know crafting new scenes within new settings, within new types of interactivity. And all the while, you know, I think that the, this having that sort of procedural detective narrative, at times I was more dialed in waiting for something, the types of scares, <laughs> I suppose, that we are accustomed to with these Ichio titles, right? I'm waiting for a jump scare, waiting for something to put its face up to the screen and scream as loud as possible. And <laughs> those moments never come. So it ends up being an experience that I was unnerved by. But then when you get to those actual scares or you get to those heightened points of the narrative, which as Mm. you mentioned, 
that finale, I think, is pretty strong. And that's been a recurring theme with Geordie Boy Projects, yeah. right? Is that has really had this fantastic vision for how to wrap up games, which then leads back to, you know, there is this blueprint essentially for what's happening rather than, oh, I have this cool idea for a scene. Let me just make a game or, and hope that it all wraps around that and in being conveyed in a way that's meaningful. But here it's like, okay, you have the narrative from the beginning to the end. But in that, again, you have these little micro experiences that are either tense or they, you know, are more interactive than you were expecting yeah. or in some instances, you know, is a, uh, a puzzle to a certain degree. But yeah, again, like taking... I suppose the procedural nature of a detective story, but making it more so um, was a really smart way to kind of handle that. Um, yeah. I'm curious for you, like what was a moment that kind of stood out to you for this? Because there were a couple more that I want to mention, but I've, I've talked long enough. <laughs> uh, I think, well, you know, you mentioned it. The, the ocean dive sequence is so simple and yet so effective. So by having that extra thing of having to control your breathing so you don't pass out. You know, like you say, you're there imagining something is going to happen while you're down there because, you know, it's that very horrible thing that I hate, you know, just like it's dark all around you in the ocean. You're going straight down. You don't know what the fuck's coming or going or like that. You just feel like it's setting you up for that. And I love that about it. Like you say, it makes perfect sense to use it as a tool to keep you on edge. And yeah, the whole time you're concentrating on that and then you get down to that, you know, that coffin casket box, whatever it is, you know, and unscrew all those, and you you still kind of forget about the breathing occasionally, just because mm -hmm. you're so wary of something is going to happen. Your like vision that. gets blurry too. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, and it just yeah induces panic in the, the purest of ways. You know, you're afraid of what's in the ocean, but also just afraid of just the enormity of it. You know, even though. You're on the end of a line and you're not far, really. You, you have to get this task done and get back up there. That's So you're stuck there till you've done it. That, that's the thing. You can't just go, nope, 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 going back out. That's it and done. But no, it's it's a fantastic sequence. And I think um, that won't really go into it too much at the end, but you know, there is like a very cool sort of pursuit, if you will, where you're sort of going through the air ducts and, that, and you know, it's been done in horror games before but i think you know it's in the context of where it goes it's like really intense you know and I just that whole bit is just you know the, from one revelation to another is just perfect sort of like old serial killer movie style stuff you know like uh oh we we were looking for this person we thought it was this person who's this who's that where that and just yeah it goes from you know levels it just goes levels in, in that bit so yeah what about you um i would say that for my last thing on this it's just like a lot of minor things that could be easy to overlook but i think it speaks to what we've been saying which is again just fleshing out that sort of toolkit if you will of geordie yeah. boy's uh development style and whatnot you know you have fully voiced npcs and multiple characters you have cutscenes that flash back and forth in time which is a big part of the narrative which is, you know, a lot more challenging than I think people realize to not get lost in the weeds with, you know, present day and time periods and what's happening, all these things. The game mm -hmm. does a great job of that. You mentioned the uh, crime scene investigation stuff, which is taking pictures of evidence. But again, it's another facet to getting you into that role. And also, I would say that the um, dialogue system is improved upon from the shopping list, which yeah. kind of, I think, had 
a very brief interaction. But yeah. in this, there's multiple characters and you get multiple Choices, uh, lines yeah. of dialogue that kind of then fleshes out character responses. It gives characters more personality. There's even a playing with um, the point of view of characters at one point in the investigation, which I liked. Mm. And again, it just it shows an understanding of how to tell a story, a story that at times, you know, is playing around with present day in the past and whatnot and what that all means to uh, the protagonist and their sort of journey in this crime. Um, and I guess I would say that the the scariest jump scare in this game was when you walk into the house and on screen it just pops up the words alone over and over. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of coming home and just being left with your thoughts. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, this was a game that was really happy that, you know, Airdorf mentioned it to both yeah. of us, obviously, during um, our chat with him last week. And we were just super thankful for that. And yeah, again, the final pin just kind of proves Geordie Boy having this ever, um, I suppose, you know, climb in their development style and whatnot and delivering uh, games that, you know, have this really, really strong just ability to put you into a world. It gives the player lots of different ways to interact with the world and then has, you know, typically pretty killer endings. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the best thing. Just there's a personality that comes through in every game. And even with a shift in tone here, it's still noticeable you know, in a way that doesn't contradict what he's doing. So, yeah, fantastic work. Again, yeah, thanks, Edel, for bringing that to our attention you know it gets easier to miss when we're doing like a couple of games a week you know it's like you, you can just go oh this came out what, a couple of months ago oh geez yeah and here we are so yeah it's good um we are wrapping things up now but uh, as ever if you are a developer of an indie horror game demo concept or game jam entry we'd love to hear from you as you've just seen here or heard here say uh, we had one that was 15 minutes we had one that was an hour and 15 minutes if you give or take so there's a good scope for it, what we consider a horror white. You know? um, drop us a DM at SaferingPod on Twitter for as long as it exists. And if that doesn't, then you could always go to SaferingPod at gmail.com for email. If you want to be highlighted or interviewed on the show, anything like that, or just generally chat shit, it's all there. Jay, it's been spiritual. We'll see you all next week. In the meantime, we will keep searching for more horror bites. <laughs>